Welcome to the sanctuary, a safe space to speak from the heart. I'm your host, Israel. And my guest today is someone that I've wanted to talk to for years and years now. We're in the same school. He's created something that I'm seriously actually envious of. Dillion Freely, thank you for joining me on the show today. Well, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, so I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, and you? I'm good, I'm good, yeah. So are you in Cape Town or Johannesburg now? Uh, I'm in Joburg, yeah. Oh, nice, nice, nice. So let's, you know, we went to the same school and like, um, I remember the first time it was you and ooh, your friend that takes photos. I can't remember his name now. Oh, Jonathan. Uh, yeah, it was you and Jonathan. Exactly. Um, you know, yeah. you had this idea, like we just got out of school and like, you know, kind of just figuring out what to do. And then you had this idea and you just ran with it. You and Jonathan started it. I remember we shot something in Long Street. Uh, you yeah. guys like coming to Long Street and stuff. And then we made that comedian there. And then I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's just a fun thing to do. But you turned this fun thing into a business that's been going on. How many years now? It's 10 years now, actually. Funny enough. Dude, <laughs> dude. Congrats, man. Like, you know, like, that's something I aspire to. It's something I wish I'd started years ago because I'll be like, you know, I'm doing this 10 years now, now. But, like, <laughs> let's start. How did Creative Nestlings really start? Uh, I mean, it started as an idea just to create um, community. Uh, amongst uh, basically our peers because Jonathan was a photographer uh, but also at the same time he was working at some company as a full-time job um, I was working at K-Town Tours and so we were both really bored with our day jobs uh, so it's like okay, let's figure out what can we do with our lives beyond just this you know also the cool thing is that we're both refugees right so we're both refugees so, you know, being a refugee has, and being a foreigner in a foreign country, if you don't have community, you're kind of fucked, right? You, you, you don't have a base to, to, to follow. So, let's create something that we can use as a vehicle to promote our careers and our ambitions, right? But then also for other people around us, because all, all the people around us were, were ambitious, they had ideas, but they were, they were nothing to go. I mean, you know, Cape Town. You know, like the, the racial disparities and the segregation of Cape Town kind of, kind of came into play. So for you to become a food, like Jonathan, wanted, Jonathan only wanted to become a photographer. That's what he wanted, right? So that he wanted to become a food. He was trying to figure that out. So this was a way for us to build community, but also gain clients, gain, gain knowledge, gain opportunities for, for us, basically me and him. I was interested in film at the time. I was interested in tech and all that kind of stuff. So cool, let's just be the community. It was supposed to be just a blog, basically, where we interview creatives. And that was it. That was the beginning of it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Jonathan was doing photos. I remember... <coughs> oh, my God. I actually had him uh, playing in a film I made years and years ago. It was shit. I don't think I've ever shown anyone that film. Anyway, I, then I remember the very first... Um, I was lucky enough to be in the very first Creative Nestlings, like, get, you know, gathering, actually, in person. It yeah. was in some cafe downtown Cape Town. Like, um, yeah. how did you, you know, make that happen? Like, going from, okay, we're going to make a blog to actually get this space for people to come together in person. Uh, 
I think the, the, the challenge was always in the beginning, it was cool. We need to figure out, we need to start. There's a lot of people in the city, right? That are, that are trying to connect. But then digitally, yes, it's all great, but then it's not sustainable, right? So, so you want to try and, and, and bring it physical. So, like, who? What's trending globally? Creative Mornings was big. Um, TEDx was big, or still is big. Um, and, but there was nothing really on the ground. There's nothing very like looked like us. Where without speaking and talking, we're looking like us. So the cool, actually, let's try to talk series where we bring together people to try and just share their journeys, share their stories live in front of other peers. Um, that's a quicker way to build community, right? So if you're, if you're trying to try and get a hundred people to concentrate on one thing, that's that's you. Uh, it's always easier to do a talk than to do a blog or whatever and all that kind of stuff. So that's why we decided to do the talks and stuff because that was an easier way for us to bring together people and also it's a safe zone, right? So now you can actually finally talk to the person that you looked up to. So we were inviting creators that were really like making it there, Ketling Affeld, all the guys that were really like, oh, Lois one. So people that, that were really big and really starting out their careers and they'd made it basically. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. One thing, you know what, I live, by that time I'd lived in Cape Town for, I think, four or five years. And one thing that was really cool about the Creative Nestlings meetings is was, it's one of the places where I saw way more black people than white people in Cape Town. Like, was that something important to you? <laughs> yeah, you know, it was super important. It was super important to, to represent the true demographic, you know. So we were quite intentional to make sure that, you know what, anyone's welcome. But we're trying to get as many young black people into one space as possible, which is a rarity in Cape Town CBD on a Saturday. You know, um, oh my you know God, Cape Town, yes, everyone lives yes. at 5 o'clock, you know? <laughs> yeah, so we wanted to, to make sure that, you know, the community is, is, is as representative of the city as much as possible. Uh, so that's how it began, yeah. Yeah, you know, you introduce to like super, you know, it's always like when you think of art, you, you, especially when you've lived in Cape Town for a while, uh, you just kind of see white people creating stuff and like black people just create African art and it's like, no, yeah. no, no, we create really cool stuff too. So it was like mind blowing to go to the space and see this amazing. I remember one of the biggest uh, ones you had in Cape Town was like, they, they, we had like two or three artists, and everyone kind of had like someone had their frames on the wall, and someone had like an installation. And to be frank, that was yeah. the first time I saw an installation. I was wow, <laughs> like you you guys did a lot. And then Jonathan, you know, he had to like leave to really focus on you know, his photography and stuff. So Creative Nestlings was all on your shoulder. How, how was that for you? So, I mean, before Jonathan left, uh, my ex-wife, my girlfriend then joined in and started helping me out with everything. So I started doing it together. So she worked with me from then till uh, 20, I think 2018, 20, 20, So I, was, I wasn't really alone, alone, but she was there working with me on it and stuff. And, uh, done via the community and stuff. So I'm never really alone. Yeah. Mm. I, I think that's one word you always come back to community. And then, you know, your your uh, ex-wife now, um, like she also created too. And how is it like, you know, you are creating and you, like you, you two are creators coming together to, you know, help this baby grow. And then it forms into a relationship. Like, was there any... 
symmetry between you being together and you actually creating stuff together and working on creative nestlings together? I mean, yes, it definitely in the beginning, the, the, the was because she was fashion, she, she was trying to get into fashion. She was an artist herself, illustrator. So she, she understood the environment uh, and she had better, better management skills than I, than I do. Um, so, so, so there was definitely a good symmetry and a good synergy there. Uh, yeah, so definitely it was helpful to have her on board. Also, because also she was South African, so that helped also. Um, because, you know, being a refugee, you don't necessarily get the same opportunities as, as a normal South African person does. So being located here helped having someone who's South African. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you. But, like, did you ever yeah. have that issue where, like, to get a job in Cape Town, or, well, you know, South Africa, wherever, um, you had to kind of prove that that job you were getting, no South African could, like, actually do that job? That was, like... Yeah. Mind-blowing for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, definitely, we always need someone to, to, to represent the locality of the situation and stuff. Um, but also, understanding yeah. South Africans also help in that context. But now, there you are, having a South African right next to you. Because sometimes the thing is, foreigners, we're always, yeah. <laughs> we're always outside. Of people. Yeah. We never truly understand the nuances of being a South African person. You know, the language barriers, the, the etiquette, the traditions, the cultures. So having a South African partner really helps in that front um, and the locality. Even though we work on the continent, we, 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 it was important to have someone like that. Um, yeah. Even when we're working in other countries, I always make sure that I always have a local partner there with whatever we're doing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a good thing you mentioned working at a local country. So then um, I, I left uh, Cape Town. Uh, but like, you know, I was always on the website, always on the Facebook, checking yeah. things out. And then I saw that you kind of, you know, you it started with like a Zimbabwean artist. But then like other African countries are popping up on the website. I was like, Dylan is like, you know, branching out of just Cape Town, just Johannesburg. I'm like, dude, how did you do that? Let's talk about that. Yeah. I mean, it's always been continental. I like it because digital allows it to be continental quicker. So we've always had a footprint in, 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 a, in a lot of countries. Um, physically, it's always a challenge. Physically, you know, balancing between Kettle and Johannesburg is already hard generally. Um, digital is i guess you know pretty much now gives you access to global like now i'm using this virtual uh way, you know means medium to talk to you all the way over in johannesburg um you mean i i, I remember i saw this youtube video and it was like a documentary with like in partnership with was it like a photography company, like a photo company? Do you, do you remember this documentary you guys made about creatives in, I think it was Cape Town and Joburg? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Which one is this? What is it about? Photography or? Yeah, yeah, it was just about creatives and, you know, there was this lady and there was a, like a partner, two guys in, I think there were in, two guys in Cape Town and then the lady, she's a black lady, she makes paintings and she's in um, uh, Johannesburg. And I think it was done either in partnership with Canon or with Fuji, either of the two, I can't remember. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, we, normally, yeah, I mean, all our software partnerships into the camera equipment is Fujifilm. Uh, because they give us access to their tools and stuff. Oh, yeah, it was Fuji, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
even like recently in 2019, we shot a documentary. Uh, we worked with Fuji equipment on that. That one was around African, was around African innovation. So what does innovation mean in African terms and stuff? It's called zero to hundred. That is the one I'm talking about. That is the one I'm talking about. That is the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So how 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 long did you guys shoot that one for? (laughs) Funny enough, that was actually quite a how can I say an interesting project because it was part of a bigger project, but part of a global brand uh, that pulled out uh, out of the project. You see the you see the brand if you watch the documentary. You see the brand. There's, there's a bunch shot where they exist, uh, but they pulled out. Uh, but it was part of a bigger research on entrepreneurship and investment into African entrepreneurship and investment into basically. So how do you better invest in people in Africa to solve African problems like water, health, education, all that kind of stuff? So that one took us three months to shoot. Uh, to it's a research project, but it's a documentary at the same time, asking what is innovation yeah. here in Africa. Not like some global shit, but here in Africa and stuff. Um, yeah, so that was like, yeah, that was that was our debut documentary, basically. And we've, we've since started shooting more yeah. documentaries. That documentary, so was to, it was, yeah. so who, who, like, was it one person that shot the whole thing or did he use different cinematographers because it was so beautifully shot so well lit that was shot by uh talia out of all the people that i've seen make documentaries on, on africa in africa i think our document is probably up there because of the way it was shot the way the storytelling was done yeah. the way it was edited um it's too bad that it, we didn't get a distribution deal yet for it um we, we, something, something i think we're thinking about we're, we're trying to get it on like on show max netflix or whatever because i think it really came out quite well and really made a different statement from the traditional african documentary you know this was not some white book yeah yeah you know this was shot by people on the ground one exactly that guy you know one indian lady directing also on there you know, it was shot by young people two cameras very low budget very easily shot it took us about two months to shoot documentary in Kenya and Joburg. And then editing took us about, I don't know, two months. Uh, it was finished 2019, but we only launched it in December 2020 because it was not our documentary initial, so we'd get licensing permissions, so we got it. Uh, now it's ours, so now we can distribute it and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, I personally like it. The way it's edited, the way it's, the story in there really changed the narrative a bit about traditional African documentaries. I just wish more people could see it. Uh, I think it's well put together, yeah. Yeah, no, it it was... I I love it because it was honest. Like, people were, like, giving the real truth. It was like, I'm telling you what my experience is. This is who I am. Especially that lady, she, like, you know, she wasn't mincing words at all. You know, the guys were still like, okay, I'm going to, you know, just... But the lady, she was like, this is it, and this is it. And she was like, you know, it's yeah. not about people coming in. To... So, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I hope more people see it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Talking about, you know, um, things that Creative Nestlings is branching out into. You made a book. Let's talk about the Creative Nestlings book. How? What made you decide to make the book, and how did that happen? So, the book yeah. we made uh, in 2018 because... I was inspired by, I've, I read a lot of books. I read Monaco magazines and all they make a lot of good compilation books uh, about simple ideas and people and all that kind of stuff. So we wanted to create a book that allows us to be able to say, cool, here's 60 creatives, mostly based in Africa. Here's what they think about failure, here's what they think about business, here's what they think about that, right? 
and this is the honest truth of what they think. Simple, but easy, easily digestible. Also, it's not, it's not a long book. Uh, a person called, only a person gives a quote, and that's it. Uh, and that's super, that's super important because I think sometimes we don't have a really good narrative on on, on what we think is the, the global south. So the book is both an exhibition. It's also, it's also a tool. So now you can't say you don't know African creators because all oh, you gotta just buy this book and then you can just get forty African creators that are in there. You can start there. Now, now you can't come and say they, they don't exist. Now they they there they are. So these are people with, uh, actually people that we teach in our talks, you know, our events and all that kind of stuff. Um, actually, this year I'm, I'll, I'll start working on, on, on the second second version of it uh, once I have time because I feel like there's a need for that. We're still not getting enough books. We're still not getting enough printed publications. You know, because I'm actually quite happy about it because when my kids see that book, like, oh, but we know that person, you know? So now it's easily relatable. They, they know that person. They've been to the exhibition. They now know they can put a face, the work on. They can see pe- fellow black creators making work, you know? And that's quite cool to, to see, you know? When your kids can relate to your work on that level, that means when they, when they grow up, they, they already grow up in the mindset that they can be creative. They can do whatever they want in their life. So that book is a, is a precursor to that. So that was the initial idea is that, we want it to be inspiration, you know. Like now, you can actually go and see tangible people. That actually, there's a career. This, this is a, this is a billion, multi-billion uh, dollar industry that is in Africa. That is un, unmeasured, and not very well supported. But there's a career in it. These are some of the people that are making careers out of it. Some of the people featured in that their own tech companies, their own galleries, their own amazing stuff. You know, their own companies and everything. They are really making careers. So the book is that. Um, it's supposed to be part of a documentary also, but I think you should do a documentary because I wanted to finish the book to see if I can do it. Also, it's a challenge to myself to see, can I, can I do a, a high-quality book full of African creatives with no budget, no support, nothing, you know? You succeeded. You succeeded. It's, it's an amazing yeah. book. It's an amazing so, book. So, so this year, I want to launch a second edition, but this edition will also be launched with a documentary. So I'm working on a documentary quite a bit. So a documentary called A Film About Creativity. So it's about revisiting the people that I've met over the last 10, 10 years mm. and talking to them about what is creativity in the first place? What is the creative industry to them? What are the challenges that they face in the last 10 years? Where do you think the creative industry is going you know, for the next 10 years? Because we've been existing for 10 years, so why not use that as a mapping? Yeah. Uh, we've met thousands of creators across Africa, so why not make a documentary out of it? Mm. Um, so speak to people about their experiences being creative. Well, speak to the young creators also. Like, what are you, what are, what are you doing now? What are the challenges? Because I find the young creators are really making a lot of money quite well, better than we did. You know, they can make it. <laughs> <laughs> that is very and, true. And, and do you find? Make a documentary. Yeah, yeah. Do you find that um, they kind of have it a little bit easier now with like Facebook? Uh, sorry, with like Instagram and things like that. I think they have it easier because brands are quicker to trust them now, you know? Because we were the ones that were setting up the blueprint, our generation, you know, after our 30s, we were setting the blueprint. And we, were, we were having to negotiate for stupid stuff that, 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 that they don't necessarily have to negotiate. Well, not most of them, but a lot of them. There's still the same challenges. There's still some that don't have access to the same. But I feel like the younger generation, I think, has, has more opportunity to monetize quicker. You know, they can monetize now, today, when they start out. We yeah. had to and, experiment and, and, with models, you know? Yeah. Yeah, another thing that I think we kind of achieved is that, you know how that 
uh, you're like, oh, I want to make film, I want to take photos, I want to paint, and your parents will be like, go and get a job, you know? They don't yeah. really have to deal with that because you have samples of a lot of people that have made careers out of doing the things they love, out of creating, you know? So that's what the documentary is about. What is that movement? What is that energy? Mm. And, and where do you go from here? You know, what's needed now? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Community is something that you've been hacking on and um, it's really important. But something again that Creative Nestlings does really, really well is representation. Like I said, I lived in Cape Town for so many years and I never saw as many black people in one place as I did when I go to the Creative Nestlings meeting. So, uh, now, like, you know, it's been 10 years now. What are some ways you keep that community and representation going forward? Especially with what is happening just globally these days. Yeah. Uh, I think now... So that's, that's, the, that's the question I'm trying to ask in the documentary, right? But I think the, the biggest thing I'm noticing is that we need more platforms for creating. So there's, there's a... But that are very African based in African, African, how can I say, built. Because I think because we're too reliant on the global standards on everything. So pricing, payments, contracting, everything. We're still reliant on the, on the global, the West basically still, you know. And I think, so if we need more our own platform. So we're working on a platform to create these things. Uh, we need more content that is more questioning the quality and the future of everything. I think that we're, we're building more content, but I don't think it's enough. We need to look, we need more forward thinking, we need more... Because if we, if we have the right platforms, we can just do it better for ourselves. And also education, we don't really have good high-quality education for creating. It's, it's still very Western. Skillshare, masterclass. So I think there's an opportunity there. Uh, also monetization. This monetize for here. So I'm actually quite glad that we're seeing a lot more platforms and and, and, and being invested in, in companies like Flutterwave and all that kind of stuff that are being invested in for African payment systems, Yoko, all that kind of stuff. So now that means we can transact easier. And NFTs are coming into Africa now finally after after the NFT's been there for a bit, but now it's starting to become a thing in Africa, you know, payment paying for artists with currency. It opens up for more people to have ownership of stuff, but also more people to create digitally. So I think there's opportunities there. Yeah, and I think more publications, we need more books because, you know, if you go into a library right now, go to books, you don't get to get to find more, um, you know, you get to find good information about African creativity and stuff. But also we need more data. So I'm really big on data. So, you know, I mean, we and you start the same thing. So data is important for me, for, for us. We, Super so important. We want the data based company, yeah. So yeah. it's not enough good data on what's happening in Africa because no one's measuring it. You know, no one's looking at it like, oh, shit, actually... Here's how much money people are making. Here's how much how many creators exist. Like, I mean, I mean, it's a government now. It's trying to struggle to distribute funding to creators because now they don't know where the creators are. <laughs> Which is sometimes that's mundane. Like, you don't know where the creators are. I mean, are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, I, you know, I remember, you know, when COVID started, a friend of mine, I was in this group, where, in, like this WhatsApp group, and then they were sending, uh, is it the Envy? Anyway, like the film board or whatever. 
they were like yeah. why not disperse funds to creatives and they're like you know fill this form and do this thing and like they didn't have an idea how many people were going to fill that forms like what yeah it's, it's ridiculous you know like we're seeing like so I, i've been able previously to see some of the government challenges that they face in terms of creative industry like all these departments they have millions of, of, of dollars but they can't find people because they don't know where the people are <laughs> You know, they don't know who needs it. But also, like, what's the benchmark? So if you don't know mm. what the creative was making before COVID-19 annually, how are you going to fund them for the whole year? Mm. You know? So that's ridiculous, you know? So, so, so it's, it's a big challenge. That's, One yeah. thing I've noticed, though, especially when it comes to film, do you think that Durban have it right to a way, to a point, I mean? Sir, do you think like one thing I've been noticing um, is that it seems, especially when it comes to film and funding film, uh, Durban yeah. has it right to a point. Do you? Do you oh, you mean Durban? Durban. Durban. Hmm. I think Durban has a good concentration for film, for because of location, uh, and I think because of yeah, they they really pushed film because they take breaks in Cape Town also the same thing. Um, so I think they do have it. They they, also, they know how to get data on their community, um, which is great. But that's just it for film only. So not for the other creatives. Exactly. You know, yeah. Stuff, yeah. So, so it's very siloed still the creative community right now. So I think there's an opportunity to 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 to, to navigate that a bit better. Um, so our platform is, is is cool. We want to look at every creative in Africa. Where are you? What are you doing? What do you need? How much are you making? Uh, so doing tools for that, you know. Uh, we've been working on this platform for like two years now, trying to figure what's the, what's the right way to build it. So hopefully this year we launch it, I hope, uh, if all goes well. Um, but I think because once you have the data, like this year, for example, no one knows that this year the AU and UNESCO have declared this is the year for, for creative and cultural industries. So that means they, they must be putting most of their energy and funding towards the creative and cultural industries in Africa and the world. But it's not happening. The AU is not even... I've not seen anything that's remotely representing what that is. What does that mean? But they've declared the year of creativity, you know? Um, but nothing has happened. But I think mostly it's because they don't know what to do because they don't have the data. Because now COVID has wiped out the event sector. So now normally people rely on a conference. They rely on a, you know, so now they'll spend their budget on bringing creatives together. But now you can't do that. <laughs> now it's crazy. creatives where they are. But, but you know, that is the other so, thing, though, you know, especially as a creative, there's this, like, I want to create, I want to paint, I want to make a film, I want to make my music. But you also have to think of this administration, bureaucratic side. Yeah. How do you, you know, and, like, as a, the founder of Creative Nestlings, bring those two together? Creativity and, you know, all this paperwork. I mean, I, I'm not the best at it, definitely. I've made a mess of things. Um, it's, 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 not, it's not where it's supposed to be. But I think in there, there are lessons of what I could do better. I need to get a team, like an internal team, not to be too reliant in the community in terms of doing everyday stuff. The everyday stuff must be managed by everyday people, basically, in the company. Um, so I'm restructuring it completely. Ten years later, I'm cool. What, what went wrong? What went right? Um... We've been very good at partnerships and, 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 and all other stuff, but I think now it's like, okay, how do, you, how do you scale that? How do you make that better? And I think also I was too experimental. I was too, I bootstrapped too much, <laughs> you know? 
So I, 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 that's the thing about me. I overdo things sometimes. So I do that too much. Uh, so I think now it's about reworking that and see cool. how do you try to create these things for the future. So platform, uh, documentary, more locations, a better team. Uh, so they can do the administrative stuff because that stuff is, is as a creative is hard. You know, because we are. I'm a creator. I want to make a documentary today. You know? Exactly. Not, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to think of paperwork and budgets and all that crap. No, you know, I don't want to worry about that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. That's dangerous. Because I'm trying to build a company. Because I think mm. creativity is an opportunity to be as big as a Behance, or even bigger, you know, mm. um, as big as a Skillshare. Because we're working on our plan is going to be education like Skillshare and Masterclass. So we're going to allow African creators to teach classes, like you could teach a class in film, mm. you know, and, and, and how do you make a film, distribute, and all that kind of stuff. So that's what we're working on. So the is multi, you know, you manage the entire creative career via this platform and stuff. Um, oh, wow. So that's what that's we're wild. Stuff. That's so, wild. So you, can, you can take out that administrative strain. You know, from, from the creative and stuff. Yeah. Mm. So, um, I guess now, you know, it's been 10 years of creative nestlings. Uh, you've been doing uh, a, a lot of things, you know, uh, as a creator yourself. Uh, how do you, I guess, you know, make time for yourself to, for self care pretty much? Yeah, I think self-care is super critical. For a very long time, I wasn't the most self-care person, you know. Uh, I was like, yeah, I work, got this stuff now. People need it, people are hungry, and all that kind of stuff. But now, I think, like earlier on this year, I took a break completely. I shut down everything, shut down everything, <laughs> you know. Uh, because I think I needed a, a solid break from creative nesting, so the emails were not working, the website was down. Because I, I just had enough, you know. Ten years later on, I'm still struggling. Ten years later on, I'm still, you know, struggling with the mundane stuff, um, mentally, physically, financially, and all that. Kind of stuff. Cool. Took a break. Only like this month, if I started now, started getting back into it. Like, cool. What went right? What went wrong? But also, where, where do we go from here? You know. Uh, that's where the idea of the documentary came about. Also, I got frustrated. With the app wasn't going live. You know. After all that investment in time and energy, so I think self care is important. Talking to people is important. So I, I talk to people, uh, drink a lot of coffee. I'm always in a coffee shop. That's my thinking zone. <laughs> you know, go to taverns. Mine is coffee shop. Like I always have to live next to a coffee shop to feel better. Um, so 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 that's what I've been doing, and and just being also being mentally present for my kids. You know, talking to them every single day. When I'm stressed out, I, I call them. Like, Yo, what's up? What are you doing? You know, they they always have crazy ideas about life and stuff. So that also is another way to kind of zone out. You know, so yeah. Also, my partner now, uh, Nonka, is very good at calming me down and keeping me not doing anything and just yo watch TV or something. You know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, because I, I I'm quick to anger, quick to frustration, quick to let's burn everything down and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, so so self care is super super important because. You know, you, ten years later on, you know, you go through a lot. I mean, people don't see that. You know, people don't see the the, mm. the strain of being a creator. Mm. For who, it's, it's actually quite a, quite a big a burden. Something sometimes, you you are you are a creator yourself, but now you're responsible for other creators. Yeah. Right. It's not a responsibility. You 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 went out seeking, so responsibility end up being 
you know. Mm. Um, mm. So that's a strain. People come to you because they uh, they can't pay rent this month, but they don't know that you you can't pay rent month this month too. <laughs> mm. You know. Mm. And now they're expecting you to solve their problems. They're expecting you to help them out with their careers. You know, all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a bit of a challenge. Catch twenty two. You know. Also, I have. I'm also creative myself. So mm-hmm. I think for a long time I neglected my creative side of things for everybody else so, so now so film is my passion so, so i want to do more documentaries via creative nesting outside of creative nesting because that's my passion making films and documentaries and all that kind of stuff that's always been my passion i went to cti because not because i wanted to because i, I had to do a degree for my mother not for me <laughs> you know my mom asked me for one thing that was to get a degree you know um but i really wanted to become a filmmaker so now i'm able to um but at the same time creativeness is continuous and now it's like the creative nesting's version. I don't know, 20.0 right now. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so now but, it's not that. Yeah, yeah, but do you find that, you know, all those knowledge, all those things you learned back at CTI, you are using that in creative nesting? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the tech degree helped. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. being able to, to, and now I'm able to prototype on my own. Mm. You know? I'll be able to plot out an entire app or website. Like the website for creativeness, I built it all the time. No one builds it. I do that all the time. Um, so that helped, you know. Uh, being able to analyze data helped. You know, the, 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 what's the name? That, that lady is a business analyst, you know. Oh, all, man, all those that lady, she was the cases. best instructor. I can't remember her name, but I remember. Yeah, I didn't like the color lady, yeah. Like, oh, no, yeah. we have to. But like, it was I think Shakira, the database. Name, yeah. Oh yeah, Shakira was awesome. Anyway, yeah. anyway, anyway, yeah. it was great. It was so, great. So, so, so yeah. yeah, that helps. Um, being able to plot and plan things because now I can use my tech side of things to be on both worlds. You know, mm. uh, that's super important to have and stuff. Because I remember a while back when I was part of this other project that I co-founded called JMB Hive, was an incubator for 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 creators and entrepreneurs. That takes big on help, you know, being able to support creatives better, being able to understand the creatives, help them plot themselves. I mean, some of the entrepreneurs are successful now uh, that we helped. So, so that's always good to have um, that degree, basically. Yeah. yeah. I was skeptical in the beginning, but it helped. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you find that, you know, with creating nestlings, with Jam Beehive, uh, you're kind of like a proud parent when you see someone that kind of went through what you've done and they've come to achieve this thing? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I'm quite... Because in the beginning, you know, you don't have any tangible examples, right, of this could work. <laughs> what you're saying will work. But now I actually have a bunch of them, you know, like there's about two sneaker brand here in South Africa. There's several that didn't make. Uh, there's a, lot, a bunch of brands that I've been able to, creators that I've been able to help, in, you know, over the years that I can say, oh, actually I can see where they got that value from. Oh, we put money into them. We put time into them. We put energy Oh, there's actually this. What we're doing actually means something, you know. Yeah. It's putting food on tables, creating jobs. I've not been the best at articulating it. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why I do the documentary. It's a way to articulate. The book was that also, uh, a way to articulate and show examples of people that have gone through what we're trying to do, right? And they've succeeded or they've not made it or whatever and stuff. Um, so definitely, you know. It's, it's a proud moment when I see someone. People come to me and say, "Oh, wait, actually, 
the first time I, I did A, B, I learned about A, B, and C is you. Now, look, I have a company doing that. Oh, I have a job doing that. It's like, oh, wow, who knew? You know? Mm-hmm. That's great to watch and see and see that materialize and stuff. Yeah. Mm. Um, the other thing I want to ask was that, um, like, 10 years now, creativeness is 10 years. In just a short um, sentence as possible, what are two things, two standout things you've learned? I mean, I think I've, I've learned that the creative industry is valuable, <laughs> you know, and, and the African creators were very talented, but then seldom do we realize that, that we can make it, basically. Yeah, mm. I can oh. put up more, but yeah. Yeah, no, no, that, no. I just wanted to, cause like you know, just going through what creativeness things has done is uh, like mind blowing. It's like I know this guy went to the same school and he took this idea and we're just walking around some weekend shooting stuff and he's like, no, I'm gonna run with this. It's like, and actually, I have to thank you because. I remember you were like, you know, I want to make like a commercial for Creative Nestlings and like commercials is like, okay, this is what Creative Nestlings does. But you're like, no, 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 we're going to take a different route and we're just going to do things we want to do. Like, you know, I go to the record shop to buy this. I go to hang out at Long Street and that's yeah. kind of what we shot and we put it together. And I use that now whenever I'm making a commercial. Like whenever I'm making a commercial, I don't say, oh, look at this, like, you know, shoe or whatever. I show the person living their life and then at the end, we might just splash the logo there. But thank you for that. I stole it. (laughs) You see, that's good, you know. It it shows that clear listings works and it it actually brings tangible value, impact. Um, It's something I think I need to go back and start revisiting and like, what is the impact? Because I think I've forgotten about that. Because you're you're always busy in the moment, you know. You're always like, now I'm having to plan for a documentary, work on an app. I've forgotten about all the other things, you know. I've not gone back to look at what, what happened, you know. So it's always good to hear that, okay, that one line that was said, that opportunity that was shared is turned into something more. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, man, Dillian, thank you so much for your time. I know you have so many things you're working on, the documentary, the new book. But, like, I think once the new book is ready, you should come back to the show. Let's talk about it because it's always nice to catch up. Yeah. No, thank you very much, man. Sorry about the background noise. You know, coffee shop life. <laughs> yeah, I know you like the coffee shop, so I was, like, prepared for that. Man, thank you so much, and we'll talk soon. All right, thank you very much, eh?